The following is brought to you by Braided Media. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Narratives of Purpose podcast. My name is Claire Morigande, and I am your host on this show. On this podcast, I bring you inspiring individual stories of ordinary people who are making extraordinary social impact in their communities all around the world. And hopefully, I can inspire you to take action. This week is the final episode of our Tech for Good series. And today we discuss the role of technology in empowering women with my guest, Annie Akpe, who is the founder of African Women in Tech, or in short, AWIT. Through event series, AWIT connects, educates, and empowers women who are determined to advance their tech careers. In our conversation, we talk about engagement of African women in tech fields and the challenges brought about by the COVID-19 pandemic for Ani's organization. Please take a moment to rate and review our show by subscribing to the podcast on your favorite app, But right now, have a listen to Annie's journey in impacting the future of women in tech. Good morning, Annie. How are you? And welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. It's really a pleasure. And I have to say, I am absolutely thrilled to have you on today because it feels like coming full circle for me and I will explain why. So here is the story. About a year ago, I read about this time, it was early July, I attended the uh, African Women in Tech uh, Digital Society Conference and that was an event that you were organizing. So it was basically a two-day event and among the many sessions, you know, that would range from finance to communication, there was also a couple of sessions on podcasting And that was quite an eye-opener for me because I, I discovered that podcasting is actually an industry. And it was for me the first time I realized that the idea I was developing had the potential to be scalable. So somehow you unknowingly actively participated to, to my new venture. So that's the backstory. And that's why I'm quite happy to have you on the show today. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. Like I said, we, we'd love to go back and see, you know, ask questions and email and say, hey, if we've made an impact, let us know the story. So this is a great story. So before we, we jump into our conversation today and, and for you to talk about African women in tech and the many achievements that you've had, um, can you please introduce yourself with a few words on your background and what would you like our listeners to know about you? So my name is Ani Akpe. Um, I am a ser serial entrepreneur. I've, my background is actually in banking and finance, and um, I got into tech through that banking and finance because I had to identify a solution in order for us to achieve the numbers goal. So we could only do it through tech technology. And with that being said, um, that's how I was able to get in because I had to identify software, work with developers and, and make sure that it worked um, in the sense of being updated or looking for better solutions as the years went on. 
Uh, so that's how I was entered into the tech space. And with the technology, that's how I was able to um, grow the portfolio that we had from 150 million to 1.2 billion. So to me, understanding technology and knowing its efficiency, it's what will drive your success in corporate anywhere in the world. But for specifically for me, it helped me to realize that um, I had to learn these things as a crash course. And it's better to learn crash course when you're in that situation because it makes you innovate. But not only is that good, but then you learn a lot of life lessons and you could pass those lessons on. And that was how I birthed a wit was through my own experiences, knowing that I had to have business technology in order for me to be truly successful in any venture that I had. I really see where you're coming from, you know, to be able to innovate with your experience and the impact that you had. And now you really want to like pass that knowledge along through your organization. No, I just think that um, that as women share more experiences, um, especially when they're in corporate, it makes the next person that much more successful. So that's why I always think it's important when women get into these uh, corporate positions where super success, it's time for them to pass it on. A few months ago, I was reading a couple of articles that featured you uh, online articles. One of them was you were giving your top career advice and the other one, which was um, titled Breaking Barriers for African Women in Technology and Business. You were basically explaining how you started AWIT and you mentioned that it was born from the desire to connect, educate and empower African women who are determined to advance their tech careers alongside those who have the need to utilize technological tools for the advancement of their business. Now, you are based in the US and you're working with women who are on the African continent. So tell me, how did it all start and how did you set up your organization to achieve these goals? For me, the way it started was I was already doing um, things in New York City for the diaspora. So my focus had always been on um, just having uh, business technology, whether men or women. So um, over at this point now, and it's like 15 years ago, I started uh, doing events that catered to the diaspora and having giving them an opportunity to work with people that were on the continent. Um, ultimately, what happens is that when we're here um, as people from the diaspora, our focus is always helping those in Africa or doing a business that could take us back to the continent. So as I was hosting those events, that's how I became particularly interested in doing things in Africa, specifically focusing on women. I felt that even though we had great success in New York City, uh, the, the bigger impact for me would be able to impact women. And the bigger impact would be not just in not just women, but women that were on the continent. So ultimately, um, the focus shifted and I said, okay, let's go into Africa, specifically Nigeria first. Well, one of my friends who who is from Kenya was like, I'm tired of you Nigerians always doing things in Nigeria. Um, there's things outside of Nigeria. Why don't you come to Kenya? So, and I was like, well, here it is. Um, I don't know anyone in Kenya and I don't know how to pull it together if we did it in Kenya. And she's like, no, I have it. You know, the topics that you're covering is broad and it's going to help a lot of people. But I definitely can you know, we can definitely use you here in Kenya. So I ended up uh, uh, working with her. And then from that, I had already met uh, some 
people at the Google conference that I attended the year prior. And they were all men. And I told the men what I wanted to do and, you know, what type of programs and education. And they were like, wow, yeah, we could definitely help you make that happen. The men from Kenya said, we'll introduce you to all the ladies because guess what? They knew them. <laughs> so, so, so it made life easier because I was already in Google Developer Program when I went to the Google conference. So it wasn't anything for the Google de- developers who knew other women to get them involved once I decided to make a defen- uh, definitive. So between her, who is, she's uh, currently at Cellulite, her name is Devine Cellulite, and she was the chief marketing officer there. So between her bringing me to Kenya and then the gentleman that I met um, being at the Google conference, it was able to be pulled together to where we had like over five, 600 women that first year that we had the event. Um, Also with the event, since the focus was on women, we partnered with Safaricom and Safaricom has a woman in tech. And with that partnership, it allowed us to be able to Um, reach out to the community. And they also wanted some of those topics covered that we were looking into, blockchain, um, AI, machine learning. Those are things that they had already had strong interest in. So it wasn't hard for them to push us and, you know, get get the word out. So Safaricom partnered with us in a sense that they not only gave us a free space to host the event, but they also made sure their women in tech supported it by Uh, giving us things that we could use as giveaways or um, also sponsorship type programs. Uh, We we also partner with like co-working spaces so that when we would have these pitch competition, a lot of people needed the office space in which to operate in. So the co-working space gave our winner of our pitch competition six months free of co-working space. And then, you know, the second place winner three months and then third place winner one month. So it supported the community by allowing it to have a foundation. Uh, whoever one would actually be able to work with other entrepreneurs would be able to meet other entrepreneurs and investors through those programs. So that was the other benefit. And then, of course, Google supporting the event as well. Um, just because it was specifically focused on women in tech. With all those coming, all those things coming together, that's usually how it worked. And in most countries, when we work with the ministers, uh, the ministers of those countries, ministers of education, and they know the program, they will partner with us in order to make it a bigger event. And we work with the government in Mozambique and Uganda and with uh, Ghana and Nigeria and Kenya. Uh, we've worked with different people that are in political office. So they've helped support the event as time has moved on. So ultimately, our partnerships consist of co-working spaces, universities, ministers, and that's how we're able to pull these events together. So you, you were basically able to quickly you know, find the right partners and, and leverage the available structures to build the community, right? Right. And so you mentioned a few countries there, uh, Nigeria, Ghana, Mozambique, Uganda, and Kenya. Are you also present in other countries? We're not present in other countries yet because that was the plan for 2020, um, was that we were going to go to different countries, but then COVID hit. Um, and also 2021, COVID hit. So that's knocking two years off of our um, established program. Ultimately, AWIT from 2019 
um, our, at the end of the year, the goal was that we were going to start traveling to all 54, 55, 54 uh, countries throughout Africa. Yeah. So with that being said, the thing that delayed it was COVID. Um, and that's how we ended up hosting the digital conference. Otherwise, it was um, definitely not in the plan. Uh, we would have probably been visiting a country every other month for the next two to five years. So each year we've had to push it off and push it off. While digital conferences are great, a lot of people don't have access. And not only do they not have access, but some of that access is expensive to those that have it. So they can't stay on for a full eight hours, you know, so you'll have some people in and out for the most part, but you're not going to be able to reach everyone. Whereas the in-person conferences allows them to not only hear about it, but make a way to attend. No, I see the point really. And I also see the value in having the in-person conferences because you, you directly meet other people, right? And, and that's what you want to do also is to grow your network. That's key for us. We always believe that growing your network is the way to success. So it's great for you to meet people that are already established in the community. And a lot of the women that are speaking are from the community because we use 80% of women from the community to do the presentations, men and women. So we will have a combination, but our conference is geared more towards women specifically so that our numbers when it comes to men may be like anywhere from five. If there are over 50 speakers, five of them would be men. So the whole goal is to focus on the women, but also using women to train from that perspective of what they've encountered. So that's the goal, because ultimately tech, when you're losing women, you have to find out why. And part of the reason why is because women don't have that ability to have trust or feel confident in talking to different people. So when we create these events, it gives them the opportunity for them to network and be able to keep in contact with each other and be able to grow from there. That actually brings me to another question I had and something that I had seen you you posted on one of your social media channel uh, from AWIT. And it was a statistic that said that 56% of women in tech leave their jobs at mid-level position, but 22% of these women do so to start their own business. So my question is, is the, the community you've been able to build in the different countries, is there a majority of women who actually come from this statistic, you know, that started their own business and they are the ones basically teaching, uh, you know, other women? Mm -hmm. uh, yes, and I have to go back to specifically in, in Kenya, where a lot of the women will still keep their corporate jobs and be able to start their jobs, their their entrepreneurship, and then eventually transition over. Nowhere do I see that more so there. In other countries, women just are just not, forget the corporate part, they're just going straight into the business um, themselves. And then from there, growing and learning and getting more information. So yes, that's how it's, it's structured. I have not not seen that. A lot of women tend to, you know, get experience and then from that experience, um, open a business, structure what needs to happen, and then from there, grow the business. So I've seen that happen with uh, more women. I believe that um, when they do leave and they start a business, they already know, like, some of the foundational things that's going to help to make them be successful. And once you start to gain that experience, you only attract more and more education type pieces that allows you to be solidified in your decision. 
So a lot of women, you know, when we hold these conferences, that education part of being able to learn the business aspects is priceless for them because it's free. So you were speaking about these conferences that you you held in the past, and you also tried an online um, version last year. So apart from that, do you have other activities or other way to engage with the AWIT community? Besides uh, the conferences that we have, we have our newsletters. Sometimes we do Instagram Lives or StreamYard, which allows people to connect through Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, um, and LinkedIn, where we do various presentations. Um, so these presentations will focus in on what we feel the community needs at the time. For a while, we were focused on healthcare, uh, just because of COVID and the fact that we are all locked in. So it's just a matter of uh, your mental state um, and making sure that you have someone to talk to. So we brought in women that, you know, from various parts of Africa to speak about um, the different mental state and what could happen based on being in the house for so long. So we just shift the focus depending on what's happening and what we feel that the community needs to hear more of. We have lots and lots of sponsorships that's happening for those that are creating opportunities for women. We currently have one right now that's focusing on any woman's startup. Um, it's a PR company that we've worked with before. And that company focuses in on helping women that are already in the profession that are looking to grow their business by understanding public relations. And the fact that why or why or why not having a PR company may be beneficial to you? And at what stages does it become beneficial? So it's not just um, for us to create programs. It also helps with partners who are launching programs that are women-focused to come in and say, hey, we have this funding available. Um, please put this information out or um, anything else that comes through. We use all of our social channels so that people can get the information and stay updated. And you just mentioned a partner there, a PR firm. What other type of partners do you have? Well, we have partners with universities. Um, and I mentioned co-working spaces. Um, the big tech companies, it just depends on where we're at. Um, it could be Google. It could be Uber. It's not just them. We have like African Business Angels Network which is the angel investors. And those type of opportunities creates a, our ability to host these conferences and be able to make sure that we have like certain people within it that could talk about topics that the community may not have the latest trending um, information on. And you also just mentioned something interesting there about uh, angel investors. How do you see, I mean, from your perspective, now that you've been working a few years with, with people on the African continent, and especially women who are starting their own businesses, how do you see this space evolving in terms of, you know, supporting financially women-led businesses? The thing that is, is changing as we're speaking, because what's happening is more women are actually becoming the investors. Um, so we have like a lot of um, investors, uh, Africa Rising. Um, I forgot the other two, but there's two ladies from uh, Nigeria uh, that have a sponsorship, that have a, an investment firm that focuses in on women. Uh, there is another one which she's based out of Florida and her focus is Africa. I don't remember her name off the top of my head. However, these are popping up now. And the key to these popping up is the fact that, oh, I forgot one more, uh, Pauline. Yeah, she's, she's based in Switzerland. Yeah, she, she was my first guest on the podcast. She equity, yeah. 
And she equity. So I was like, how could I forget Pauline? She equity. But with the development of women becoming primary investors and being able to be in the forefront leading, that makes a huge impact um, because it brings these things to the attention of the world, really. So, and once you're able to garner that support for women, that's where it becomes kind of priceless in terms of, you know, what women can get, uh, what they can develop and what businesses they can grow. So all these women have made an impact and that impact is steadily climbing, you know, in terms of what women are able to get funded on that didn't get attention before. And for you personally, uh, while you were building up and growing AWIT, did you have any specific challenge that you faced? And how did you go about those challenges? I think the challenge is always the fact that you're trying to handle this and then also your um, prominent means of income. So um, it's the balance of time, it's the balance of, of figuring out like what can you do and who do you need to call in for help? I think the first year... I didn't realize how much help I needed because I, I burnt myself out not realizing that. Uh, I think the key is to know when you take on something so big that you always have um, a plan to bring in someone to do even minor stuff. A lot of us tend to want to do things ourselves just because it's easier, or it's cheaper. Uh, but in the long run, even if you give out like only one aspect of it, that aspect could save you more time and more money and actually energy, you know, um, energy is not something that has a price tag attached to it, but it's something that we use on a daily basis in order to accomplish our goals and our tasks. So if you could pay someone and you're having that energy, that is what keeps you going and motivated. But if you burn out on that energy, then nothing gets accomplished. In terms of, you know, women in tech, do you see more and more women uh, playing a leading role um, I actually do. I think that more women are being called into positions anyway. Um, as we speak right now, those positions are leading positions. And what um, some of the entrepreneurs love about women is the stability and the way that they think and the way that they manage. So I believe that you're just going to see a lot more women in a lot more powerful positions as the years go on, just because it didn't happen for so long. So now everyone's trying to overdo, you know, not so much an overdo as in like, oh, it's too much, but just trying to make the visibility known that their company supports women. So that's what I mean. And when they do that, it's, it's just turning things automatically to where smaller companies and everyone else pays attention because it's a woman. So I think that women are going to be taking a lot of leading positions as the years come. And that's where the challenge will come into play because the men are like, well, if they start doing that, what happens to us? Um, nothing happens to you, but we'll see where it moves to. And how about African women uh, on the global stage? I think that that women on the global stage, I think the same thing. I don't think that anything has changed. I mean, as we notice in the U.S., there is a lot more women that are definitely going into more positions. You see them on the news. You see them, how they're transitioning women over. So um, I think that the impact of it being known as a global issue and not just, you know, local to any country or any specific place, location, is global in nature. So anything that happens with women, it's across the board. 
And I think that women can help this by just helping other women come along. I do believe that these things are not necessarily an island. As I mentioned in the beginning of my story, there were a lot of men that helped AWIT just to make it to where it is today. So it's not where we are dismissive of men. I think that it's always a co-partnership um, and they understand that. But something, sometimes some lessons need to come from a woman's perspective um, just so that we can have that like, like-minded uh, compatibility as we deal with issues that come up and we know how another woman dealt with it. So, and what made them successful with it. Those are experiences that, are, that men can't really tell you the full scope story on. You know, when we're talking about generalization, men can definitely help. But at the workplace where women face certain issues, it takes the woman to actually explain what her experience was for other women to feel that direct impact. One other question, I don't know if you can speak to that. Um, I had recently a couple of conversations as well with women who had founded startups in, in the education tech space, so ed tech space. And um, I've also been observing a lot of, um, you know, ed tech initiatives going on to actually educate girls in terms of, you know, STEM. So we speak about science, technology, engineering, mathematics, but also have girls coding. I think that will also have quite a great influence in the fact that, you know, we start very early so we can already bring this awareness to younger people, specifically younger girls as well, that there is a future in having a career in tech. So how do you see that? I see the program as very effective. What happened with us is that we stopped doing the coding because we felt that there were so many organizations doing coding. So that that didn't need to be our primary focus. And I also found like certain countries already had like well-developed coding skills. So like Kenya was one of the countries that when we went into a lot of women already had those well-developed coding skills. When we went to Mozambique, that wasn't the case at the time. I'm pretty sure it's probably changing now or changed. Um, you know, Ghana, much the same way. So I feel like the coding programs are essentially important. And the, and the younger you start, the better off, because then the mind thinks differently. Um, technology makes you actually have to think outside of the box. I think that other positions, other industries does that, but nothing more so than technology, um, because there's no, no limitation to the imagination. And if the mind can conceive it of anything, then you're able to create a lot of the technology we see nowadays, I don't know if you're a fan of Star Wars or even Black Panther, um, a lot of the mov movies that we've seen and some of the technology that's being developed, um, those are someone else's ideas on what's happening. But those ideas actually come to fruition because they, they're first fantasy and then next thing you know, they're reality. Um, so technology has that, that spread. But that spread can also be developed from a young age. Once they're able to learn coding, then their active imagination can come into play of what they can create. So, and especially if you're solution-based and you teach people solutions, one of the things that we switched out coding for was design thinking. Design thinking makes you look at what's happening in your community um, and then be able to find solutions for what's happening. So, that's what we're training the women on this way. When you're having these design thinking sessions and you're seeing, wow, this is something that I can develop. If you have the skill, you code it yourself. When you're younger, your, your abilities are open. You're not restricted. When you're older, we start putting limitations on ourselves. So it takes us a little while longer to learn certain things. But at a young age, you're right. So if you can get that education in front of people that are younger, that creativity will always keep spurning and, you know, growing. 
and growing. So that's why I do believe that it should happen. It should happen at that young age. Um, and companies that do do it, it's it's a great program for them because that's the focus. Um, but for us specifically, since we weren't dealing with uh, that many women that were younger, we decided to start focusing in on what they needed to add to their entrepreneurship um, portfolio. Um, once you learn these programs, such as blockchain, cryptocurrency, things like that, then you're able to incorporate it into your business or see how it could help you grow wherever you may land. So you mentioned blockchain, cryptocurrency, and what else? AI, right? Artificial intelligence? Yeah, artificial intelligence and machine learning. Those are the top things that are happening within a tech space. So those topics will always stay within the trend, but understanding where it's trending is the key because that's what's shaping the tech space. So speaking about trends and the future, what, what is next for your organization? What is the future for AWIT? The future for AWIT is, is definitely looking at um, the fact that we're going to still go to different countries to educate. Um, we have to structure out these programs in such a way that it is, of course, beneficial to what's happening in the community. A lot of these communities have been impacted by COVID. So the reality is... Um, Most of the times when we go someplace, we try to tap into the people that are there currently and try to get their feedback of what is it that you're interested in learning about. So we may have to tweak some things um, just because of that two-year time span and, and also have more workshops where um, it might be honing in on more skill sets so that it can still make people more digitally ready in the sense of being able to be hired anywhere. A lot of companies have now started to shift and say part of our focus will be on remote workforces. So if you're able to have some of these skill sets, then it allows you to work anywhere on a continent and some overseas. But it gives you an opportunity that you would not have had um, if you didn't have these skill sets or you didn't go in to acquire them. So once you start with AWIT, you can take them to different places or work or go to get certain certificates uh, just based on where you're at in your career. So at the end of my show, what I usually do is I like to get a, a sneak preview into what my guests uh, listen to in terms of music or what books they're reading. So I have a quick three questions for you. Um, the first one is, uh, what is the book you're reading right now? Or if you're not so much of a reading person, just like me, I, I prefer listening to music. What music are you listening to very often at the moment? Oh, wow. Um, actually, I've been listening to uh, quite a few um the there's an artist called world um and he's an afrobeat he's nigerian um nobody wins that's the name of the song um but i have quite a few that's like on a re repeat they help me with my exercising and with my thinking um and of course rima there's always certain artists that you you know you can listen to over and over again the second question is do you have um, a specific song or, or even an artist, perhaps even a book uh, that was uh, special for you at some time in your life, you know, something that you really remember that you were fond of? Yeah, the book is called Intuitive Living. And the way that that book is, it had like so many different types of meditation. It made you go in, go within to get some of your answers. So I love that book because it made me think outside of myself 
and not having to look outside to get some of my answers. So the way that book is is structured is such a way that it takes you through your childhood. Um, then from your childhood, it takes you into your uh, middle middle age and then from to where you're currently at. So that book just helped me to reshift my focus into myself. And the third and last question is, do you have um, a book or even like an album or a, a music that you absolutely recommend and it's like your all-time favorite and everybody should listen to that? I don't think there is one because I've always taken so many chapters out of so many different things that I was doing. So I never had like one specific thing that it was it. So I don't have one. So um, in closing, really, I'd like to thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation with me. It has been really amazing and valuable to learn from you as well. And I would like to leave you the final word. What would you wish our listeners to take away from our conversation? The wish is that we're constantly learning and constantly educating ourselves um, and constantly looking for ways to improve. I know that currently for me, I'm focusing on uh, building um, a blockchain cryptocurrency solution that allows you know the continent to learn about uh, cryptocurrency in means through their current language. And doing that has taught me, again, to stay on top of my education track. Make sure that you're always getting the best information. Make sure you're always researching. Um, and no matter what anyone tells you, just keep asking those questions so that whatever it is that you're trying to create can come alive and be able to grow and be open to it, growing and shifting from whatever initial focus you had, be comfortable with that change. So that's what I feel like it's a constant lesson that we should all have because that education doesn't mean that you're in school. It could be certificates. It could be because you went to research something and you had to watch a YouTube video. Um, so, so long as we're staying focused on that, that's how you're more able to be successful in the long run. And the future allows it to be very bright for you if you're a person that is constantly seeking to learn. Fantastic advice. Thank you so very much, Annie. And uh, I really look forward to staying in touch with you and follow the amazing work that AWIT is doing. I, I have to say, I also benefited from that, from that online conference. And uh, I can only approve of what you're, you're aiming at doing and empowering people, really bringing their voice out there and doing, you know, realizing their dreams or their vision, as you say, staying focused. Right, exactly. So, and the community helps me too. So, Thank you for giving that feedback. Thank you so much. That was episode 17, a conversation with Annie Akpe. Annie is truly a visionary leader. She is helping to bridge the gender gap in tech on the African continent. As she said in an interview, quote, empowering women, especially in Africa, is a tool for reducing marginalization and creating equal opportunities with specific focus on technology and business development, I am creating a space through our social enterprise where women will excel and become much more productive, not just for themselves, but also for the society at large, end quote. If you wish to learn more about AWIT or are interested to join their business community, just check their website at africanwomenintech.com. You'll also find the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in today and listening to this new episode. I very much appreciate you taking the time. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter 
so you can stay informed about all our activities. We also look forward to continue engaging with you on our social media platforms, be it on Facebook at Narratives of Purpose, on Instagram at Narratives of Purpose underscore podcast, or on LinkedIn at Narratives of Purpose podcast. If you like our show, do share it with your friends, family or colleagues and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Join me again in two weeks for the next episode. Next month, we will dive into a new theme, namely inclusion. I will speak with several amazing individuals who are advocating for inclusion in the workplace, supporting families of children with special needs and simply empowering lives beyond disability. Once again, mark your calendars because there will be weekly episode releases throughout the month of September. Until then, take care of yourselves, stay well, and as always, stay inspired. This podcast was produced by Tom at Rustic Studios.